This is Handmade Brooklyn, episode one, the first episode. Lifestyles tips to succeed. Handmade Brooklyn.com. Hey guys, welcome to Handmade Brooklyn. So, first, I guess we should get started and talk about who I am. Uh, my name is Megan Frame Finkelstein, but for sanity reasons, you can just call me Megan. I am the owner of MSC Skincare and Home. It's a manufacturer based in Brooklyn, and uh, we make skincare candles reed diffusers, home fragrances, things like that. And I have won five industry awards for my formulating, which I don't really like to talk about, but something that everyone always says that I should mention. So I'm really trying to be more proactive about that because I've been doing this for, oh my God, I've been doing this for a really long time now, over a decade. And I opened MSC about six years ago, but one of my real passions is talking about business and nerding out about all of the things that go into businesses. So that's why we're here today, and I am so thrilled that you're listening to this. Thank you so much. The first thing I want to talk about on the podcast is branding, and it's uh, something that's really important to your company and something that I have had a lot of struggles with. So let's get right into it. What all goes into branding besides, you know, things like fonts, colors, images. One thing that a lot of people don't really think about when it comes to branding is your ethos should also be part of it. So your company's mission and values should be one of the first things you decide when creating a brand strategy as it helps guide you and will help your employees when you decide to hire employees during their onboarding. So the the main branding ethos for MSC is look beautiful, feel beautiful. And that goes into everything about my company. I want my customers to feel that way when using our products. I want them to be treated as special when they are dealing with customer service, which is usually talking directly to me, actually. But I also want our products, obviously, to look beautiful on the shelf or in your home and also to feel beautiful, make you feel beautiful. So what should you think about when you're starting your branding? Who is your customer? What do they like? How can you use that information to set your brand apart? So you want to have a goal for your brand. Do you want wholesale and to be in a lot of stores? Do you want to wholesale to boutiques only? Do you want to wholesale to corporate accounts like Urban Outfitters or Anthropology and how can you align your branding to be appealing to those customers? And not only their final customers, but step one would be to have a brand that is appealing to those corporate buyers or those boutique buyers. So you want to take a moment to look around at what stores that you're interested in carry and what those aesthetics look like. For example, Anthropology is going to have a much different feel than someplace like Hot Topic, for example. Uh, that's probably a bad example, but you get what I mean. So just when you're looking into these companies and deciding where your brand is going to align, check out and see if there's a common theme, if they're, they're mostly into light colors or bright colors or patterns 
and take all of that information and then figure out what you can use in that to set yourself apart. So if your end goal is really to get into these stores, you really gonna have to figure out how you can take what they like and tweak it to make it distinct for you. In my own company, we've actually been through five different branding strategies and <laughs> I'll show them on the website and the show notes for this episode. But we started with a really, it was a really cool design of uh, pulp noir or pulp comics with, so for example, we have a black soap and right now it's called dark lavender and lime. But when it first came out in that branding, it was called the black soap horror and it had a woman kind of grimacing in fear. I really wanted to make it sort of like um, a creature from a black lagoon. And that was really fun. But I changed the branding because my goals for the brand changed. I really wanted to start developing more wholesale relationships. And I knew that while it was a very distinct brand and a very distinct aesthetic it really wasn't going to sell in a place. I, I felt like a lot of people weren't going to get what we were doing. And in the end, who could I really sell this to on a corporate level that would be interested? It wasn't really an anthropology thing. It wasn't really an Urban Outfitters thing or a Macy's or any of that. I think that at best it probably would have been something like a, a Hot Topic brand. The second iteration. I really wanted to work with uh, more natural products, more natural corporations like the Whole Foods and natural grocery stores, things like that. So I completely rebranded and everything was beige. There were a lot of muted colors, craft paper, things like that. I really had a lot of trouble selling that because that wasn't me as a person. And we're going to get into that a little bit later with how you should live your brand, but I felt it, I felt that it was kind of difficult for me to sell that aesthetic because that wasn't how I was myself. Um, for example, I have really bright red hair and had tattoos, wore a lot of black because, you know, I'm in New York, that's what you do. And it was just a juxtaposition of putting myself next to all of this clean, white, beige color strategy. It just, it wasn't something that I was able to live or sell. I was actually at a trade show next to a woman who, her name's Rupal Binda. She runs a company called Ebb and Flow, and I think it's ebbandflownyc.com. She has the most amazing branding. It's, everything's black. And she has these hand-dyed flowers. That It's just a really gorgeous look, and her brand strategy is top-notch. We've actually become pretty good friends since then, so I'm very thankful that I got to be next to her. But anyways, I was next to her booth, and we were talking about how the show goes. And she, I don't even remember how it came up, but she mentioned something that stuck with me. She goes, well, you know, I like black. And I'm sitting there, and I thought wait a minute, I like black too. What am I doing? And that's when I knew that I had to go home and completely rebrand. So the current branding that we have is black on black with a color for scent differentiation with a little bit of a swirl to it. And I really like it. It's really 
just it's a very classic looking design it's clean even though it's black it's simple but it has a little bit of an old world Victorian style to it because we use wax seals with my logo on it and I really like it I hope that I can keep it for a while and not change to another branding strategy because this one seems to be it for me for a while so I wanted to talk about also should you live your brand I know that that's something that's really popular in a lot of personal development books and also in a lot of small business books and entrepreneurship 101 kind of courses frankly I think it's unfair I think it's unfair pressure on small businesses to be every essence of your brand. You know, nobody really thinks about if the CEO of Procter & Gamble is living their brand ethos. In my own business, we had an issue with this. My products are all vegan. And I didn't do that on purpose necessarily. I just really liked the idea of formulating with different ingredients. And I liked the challenge of using new ingredients um, a lot of people will use lard or tallow in soaps or beeswax in their lip balms, and that's totally fine. Uh, I just wanted to try to see if I could formulate without it. So I did. All of our products are vegan, and that was one of the main features that I would market with their brand. However, the more popular we got, the more it became an issue to some people that I was not a vegan. I'm still not a vegan in my own personal life. And I knew that it was going to be an issue the bigger we got. So I decided that I had two choices. I could become a vegan or I could change the branding strategy. And I changed the branding strategy. We'll just say that. The products are still all vegan, but that's just not one of the, fe the main features that we market with anymore. But it's a side benefit to a main benefit, I guess I should say. However, I think living your brand will give you a unique advantage to large businesses because often your customers are going to be interacting with you rather than the CEO of Procter & Gamble, you know? So having the same core values will make it easier to sell to them. Going back to, like I said, with the natural looking packaging, I was just wasn't able to sell it because it was not one of my values. It was not something that was part of me, so I wasn't really able to sell it well. And just some things to think about when you're off into your branding strategy. I actually have a free ebook on the website that can help you figure out your brand strategy and your USP or your unique selling position. And definitely check that out. It, like I said, it's totally free. It's on the website, handmadebrooklyn.com. And let me know if it helps you. I would love to get some feedback and see what you think about it. But in the meantime, check out the show notes. It'll be handmadebrooklyn.com slash episode one, where I have pictures of all of my different brands. And leave a comment with your brand. I would love to see how your brands have evolved, if they have, or if you're really sticking with one that is super successful for you. I'd love to see that. So yeah, leave a comment. Next episode, will be actually my first interview. Oh my god, I'm so excited to launch this interview. So stick around. See you next time. Until then. Brooklyn.